You are listening to the Techie Leadership Show with Bogdan and Andrei. Hello and welcome to the Techie Leadership Show. Today with me I have William, Jan William Alfenar. He helps you get the most out of LinkedIn. He has written more than 500 blog posts about LinkedIn and has already published five books about LinkedIn. Impressive. True. Six, six. In fact, I have to update six my profile. Now. Yeah. Oh, six. You, you should update yeah. your profile. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to update. What else do you want to add about yourself? Uh, well, uh, I run a European uh, LinkedIn uh, training and advertising agency. So we help uh, companies to get the most out of LinkedIn uh, for sales and marketing. That's what we do. Uh, this is my first company. I started uh, with my entrepreneurship in 1989 oh. uh, during my study. I sold computers and in 1997 I started a web design and a multimedia company. Uh, but I had a bankruptcy in 2003. So I had to wait for a few years before I could start again. And I started again in 2011. And two years ago, uh, th- that company upgraded to the company that I have right now. So, yeah, 50 yeah. years old, uh, already online since uh, 1992. So, uh, yeah, I've seen it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah. stories you must have. So with that in mind, what would be the biggest leadership success story you've witnessed personally? Uh, well, that was one that I uh, read about yesterday. Uh, th- there was... Uh, a new startup uh, from Eindhoven okay. and they started in February and they were asked uh, if they could uh, provide all the testing sticks for uh, COVID-19 for the Dutch government. Okay. Uh, because all existing companies, the molding and plastic companies said, okay, we need at least uh, two months before we can produce. And they were able to do it in five days. In five days. Produce. Yeah, then they were able to start the, the complete test sticks, including all the features that it should have. Because they were so uh, lean and just three enthusiastic guys that worked 24 hours a day to create it. Uh, and now they have the order to create 2.8 million of those testing sticks. So cool. yeah, that, that's what I really like because the fact that they are not an established company, they were able to be so flexible that they could say, yeah, let's do it. Go f- full throttle and let's see if we can... Uh, get that order and they have that order so that, that's really fantastic Two, yeah three young guys uh, early 20s and they are now creating all the testing for the Dutch government so yeah I think that's amazing yeah and just the fact that they were open like let's see how fast we can make it it's not coming yeah. with uh, an old that's mindset like yeah. because, because they had no procedures no people to uh, take into consideration it's just the three of them say why not do it? Stop sleeping and start producing. So yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. It, it, it and, makes them so flexible. Yeah. And if they also deliver, that will be like amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they are delivering and they even have a request from other countries already. So yeah, I think that, that that's what entrepreneurship should be. Uh, be ready to, uh, well, be flexible and to go into any other direction that you need to go if the moment uh, appears. And uh, from your personal life, 
if you could share a story of leadership because you've been an entrepreneur for a long time yeah if you have to pick like one story what would it be uh i think the story because i made a lot of mistakes for uh, okay. including a bankruptcy so um what i learned is that we have a big company with only two people it's my wife and i that, that's the only one i can trust with my eyes blind but we have around 12 people working for us or the old flex all entrepreneurs that work for us on a project base so that makes us uh flexible they all want to work with us but uh we are flexible if we don't need them we don't have to pay them so i can go any direction and pick the people that i want at that time so uh I think that's the, yeah, the thing that I learned uh, over the years. And, and that makes, makes us flexible even in this uh, period of uh, COVID. Because if they yeah. were all working for me, I would have had a big problem. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. You can create lots of problems. But now with like, there's a shift in also in, in an acceleration of business models and mm-hmm. flexibility. Lots of people try to bake it at the core of their uh, company mm-hmm. so uh, they can veer and steer and go whatever way that's most uh, beneficial for them and for their clients. Yeah, and, and for them. Yeah, and it's something that's, that's happening uh, on a global basis and it's good. It's, it's slow because it's not something, it's not comfortable. Um, I, I've spoken like with leaders and entrepreneurs and especially if you have like a really flexible situations like you're having, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to feel it like it's, it's, a, it's a business or an enterprise because it's, uh, it's not the tradition how we were raised to, to see business. Yeah. N- normally you had a business and you were responsible for all people and you need to make sure that the, that the business went in the right direction and, and everyone could add their value uh, according your standards and uh, you, you could sell it and yeah, keep them, uh, well, provide them uh, in a way. But, but, but uh, with the modern models where you use flex uh, workers, uh, they need to prove themselves with adding value. So the responsibility of adding value is no longer only with the entrepreneur itself, but also with the people working for them. So in my opinion, you have to... Re- uh, have to replace, no, not replace, you need to distribute uh, the responsibility for added value lower to the organization. So adding value is... hmm? And probably you need more leadership skill, more leadership uh, talent to do it because, okay, you have people that are working with you, but you also have to motivate them because they're not really that tied to your company. So you have to be even better at being a leader not yeah. just a manager, being a leader, to have them be inspired by you and stay and stick with you and do the work. True. And mm-hmm. uh, in the building that we are located, we have around 150 uh, creative companies uh, working, all small entrepreneurs. 150? And I have, yeah, 150 different companies. And a lot of them simply want to work with us because we do a lot of nice projects and we have a good name. And, and of course, they're all much younger than me and they all know that I was at the beginning of the internet. So they want to hear my stories and they want to they ask questions. How should I do this? How should I do this? Because they, uh, they are in some way inspired by my experience. 
and my failures, of course. That, that's part of the experience. And since you're bringing them up, yeah. what would be the biggest leadership fail story that um, you would like to share? Um, well, that's a real personal one. It was uh, in 2003 during the dot-com crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of the yes. top 10 agencies uh, in the Netherlands for uh, web design. And I had nine people working for me, but I only had work for three of them. And we, uh, we trained those people only to do one trick. One trick. So they were okay. almost like one-trick one ponies. So it was impossible to, go, to, do, to make a shift with the business because uh, I didn't have the resources, meaning people, uh, to do other things. So, uh, and I was, I think, too weak to let them go. So, okay. uh, so that made my uh, company go down. Uh, yeah. And no, even you... uh, personal bankruptcy. So uh, that, that's not a good thing in the Netherlands, I can tell you. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's not good anywhere. I don't think it's a... Per- no, it's you, you lose experience. your house, your, your car, your girlfriend, because she was part of the car, uh, et cetera. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a valuable lesson, but it costed me a lot. I can tell you that. Yes. Well, and it's... I, I, I think the uh, the biggest reason was that I was uh, that all my people were focused on only one task, and I was too nice to keep them and not to let them go. So uh, yeah, I should have let them go uh, half a year before the bankruptcy. Then I would have survived. Yeah. So and also building, make sure like you're building in your team. I'm I'm sure that now you're doing it and looking at what skills the people are have that you're working with to make sure yeah. okay i need these skills but what else do they have that i might use or i can pivot or i can add on to the business or to be prepared look at like, skills skills talent and attitude yeah uh, because uh when you use a designer uh, most of the designers young designers they have only one uh, direction that that uh, only one style they use and they need to have the attitude to say, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. In my own opinion, it needs to be perfect in the eyes of the client. So, uh, and that's the attitude I'm looking for, that people want to do the best for the end product, not the best in their own opinion, but the best for the client. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and that attitude is really important. That, that's what I look at when I work with people. That's a huge uh, mindset shift in realizing like, uh, it's not what's perfect for you as the person doing the, the job is what's perfect and ideal for the person receiving the job and getting to use it. And yeah. it, it might be like a huge gap between the two of them. So what you like <coughs> and what you wish, it's not what uh, the client likes and wishes to receive. Yeah, because a lot of young designers think they are an artist and they know best. So they say, no, this is what it should be. Well, the clients ask for anything, uh, for something else. And I don't want to spend hours and hours of convincing them to change the designs. No, I want them to listen and say, no, think about what the client wants. Start from scratch, not with your own ideas, and deliver what the client wants. Yeah, so, those yeah. would be like non-productive meetings. <laughs> so, yeah. And after all your experiences, uh, if you were to sum, sum them up, what would be your leadership philosophy? Uh, I think that, that uh, you should always be inspiring and be part of the game. 
because you need to know what you're talking about uh, and you need to know what other people's uh, you know you need to know something about the skills that other people have so you can be uh, yeah on the same level when discussing and I think that you should always have next to your a game uh, for instance our game is training and advertising uh, you should always have a plan B because if LinkedIn stops, for instance, yes. what will we do next? And it should be on your mind all of the time. Uh, and everyone around you should know it. So I, I think my philosophy is be part of the game, but let people that are part of your game also be part of your plans. And it's interesting that uh, you view business as a game and leadership and managing your team. It's, it's no, yeah, maybe you can see it as a game, but uh, with the A game, I mean... Uh, your company's mission, uh, your vision is okay. Our A game is, and it's not not, yeah, plan A or A game. It it, it it is some way. It is a game, of course. It's about winning, about playing it the right way. Uh, it's about learning from your mistakes and improving, improving, improving. And and it's the motto of our company: always improving. Yeah, and in a game, yeah, you have to be perfect. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be better than it was uh, a time ago. So it yeah. always needs to improve. Yeah, it since can be it's a game, since yeah. it's a game, you yeah. have to have fun with it. It is a game, <laughs> absolutely. You're the okay. team leader, yeah. Um, what would be the top three leadership tips you have for aspiring leaders? The top three leadership tips. Um, <coughs> Always be on the lookout for new developments. Always keep your eyes open for trends and opportunities, but also for threats like the COVID uh, virus. Because uh, when it started in China, and there were some rumors that it would spread around Europe, we were already thinking, what could happen if it comes to the Netherlands or it would spread all over the world? Then our business would go down. So we were, uh, yeah. Of course, we couldn't predict anything that happened after that. We couldn't predict the lockdowns, but we were uh, prepared that something would happen. And I think that as a leader, you need to be, uh, don't need to, uh, you have to be sure that you're not surprised when something strange happens. Yes, have continuity yeah, plans. Yeah. So, so you need to be aware of things that could happen. So when they happen, that you're not, surprised and don't know what to do because you're still the leader so people need to trust you and yeah so be prepared that's that's i think my number one uh tip the number two is uh <clears throat> tomorrow will always be different than today so always keep working on your plan b always keep that in mind or plan c or plan d but always have different options for the next year yes Basically, can change the world can change in a moment so you need to be yeah able to adjust to that situation and as a leader you're in the lead so so take that lead in the end it's, it's your way or the highway because that's why you're the leader exactly. so people yeah you need to give direction so make sure that you have one or two you need to have some directions to give direction and the number three tip that was the number three. That <laughs> <laughs> was the number three. <laughs> okay. Number two is that, uh, yeah, it will always be different. And yeah, be flexible. 
And I, I think that most companies uh, have on their mindset right now that we need to be flexible. And, I, and if you didn't have that already uh, on your agenda, it should be after the situation that we are experiencing now all over the world. Although Romania is doing a fine job concerning uh, COVID. What I heard yeah. about but your rates, your numbers, yeah, it's very good. It's fairly good, and hopefully, we're we're waiting and see. We're waiting to see. But uh, as as a general rule, we Romanians like to complain a lot about even if the government is doing a good job, we still like to complain about it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's a real strange thing that that we all witnessed uh, in every country that that governments are really taking a lead. Yes. Yeah, surprisingly they, yeah but and people listen to it so so yeah i think it's a real uh, learning moment from us all that, that governments do matter in, in situations like this yeah, so, yeah. And, and, uh, and i'm really surprised that people actually listen and follow on what the governments tell them to do and the level of responsibility that i'm seeing all around like uh, in romania and around Europe and around the world, uh, people are actually following the guidelines, uh, doing their best to, yeah. to stop the spreading of, uh, of the disease. I'm, I am pleasantly surprised by, by the whole situation. Yeah. Me too. And, and I think that's because uh, one part, uh, we were all uh, scared, surprised and scared what will happen what will happen and the government says okay this is the way it will go and and, and that's what a real leader do and it happens in all types of governments uh, democracies uh, yeah dictatorships i don't know if you should call it that way but all different types of governments are taking the lead and people are listening so yeah, yeah i think that's a really interesting development and it also showed us that change can be fast because it was mostly overnight. The government came out from tomorrow, you're staying at home. And, yeah. and people adapted, businesses adapted. Uh, some are struggling, it's true. Some people are struggling. But the level yes. of change and the magnitude of change in everybody, each person's life, astonishing. Yeah. If you look at the world three months ago and now, it, 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 it's uncomparable. And no one uh, could have ever imagined that we could live in a situation like this, that we could survive in a situation like this. Uh, Not go so mad or, yeah. In my opinion, after this experience, each time you have like a meeting and the conclusion is it's too hard to do the change or it will take too long a time to do it. Say like, look at COVID. It's clearly yeah. it's possible to do yeah. it fast. So let's try to do it fast and run with yeah. it. Yeah, be um, flexible because we can be flexible. Yes. Yeah. What uh, would be the book that had the most profound impact on you? Uh, the, uh, there are two of them. Oh, uh, okay, good. One of them was uh, uh, many, many years ago. It was a book from Richard Branson that's called Screw It, Let's Do It. I don't okay. know if you read it. But no, if you I only look at the title, you, you know enough. Yeah, screw it, let's do it. And I think that that should be uh, the attitude of every entrepreneur and every leader. Screw it, let's do it. And the other one is a recent book I read, and it's The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I don't know if you okay. heard of that book. I, I have it actually. I've read that one. Yeah, 
yeah it's, and, and, it's a really and good really book that, yeah it is that's uh, a mind changer reading the books okay yeah i don't give a fuck this is the way i'm going <laughs> i don't care what other people think yeah and yeah. somehow the those books have the same message yes in a way and i and i really yeah. like the books that you chose because they actually give you the major insight in their title yeah yeah the, the title says it all <laughs> exactly yeah just looking at a title you, you already have read the book but you, you should absolutely read both, uh, both books specifically the art of not giving a fuck that, that's really uh helping you to have more uh to be more secure about your own decisions yes and being more open to opportunities and uh, taking yeah. a little more risk calculator risk but still yeah, and don't be a people pleaser uh, no no it helped me a lot so um, yeah. I, I also recommend uh, the art of not giving a fuck it's, yeah. it's a really good book so Jan if people want to find out more about you where can they go uh, Google LinkedIn <laughs> uh, they could go to my uh, company site uh, nextbusinessacademy.nl and from there you can find everything uh, about me and about what we do or yeah go to linkedin and uh, type in my name that's i great. think that that's that's the, that's the place yeah to find me and what i can say for sure is people if they need to improve their linkedin presence or mm -hmm. their business linkedin presence reach out to jan and yeah. he will help you yeah we, we train people uh, like this uh, we train a lot of companies. Uh, we do that already uh, online for, for some years because we train some international companies where we yeah where it was impossible to gather all people in one place. So so that's where we we started doing online trainings two years ago. So we are fully equipped, um, but we also help companies uh, with the advertising campaigns, and we do it from a company from uh, Denmark uh, getting the German market, etc. Because we all know uh, we know all about LinkedIn. So, yeah. yeah, that's our core business. That's good. Okay, Jan, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much yeah, for Yeah, I like coming. the conversation. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That was today's episode. Tune in daily. Rate, like, subscribe, and share, please. Oh, you can find further info and materials in the show notes on techyleadership.com, including links to the guest book recommendations.